Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Button MMA show. We've got podcast interviews on all sorts of subjects, uh, from MMA to mental health to football, live and recorded, four shows a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Sunday. You can find them on video versions at youtube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation, as well as the audio versions at your favourite podcast and radio platform. And, uh, of course, you can find links to our social media pages in the description below. Uh, and you can keep up to date with upcoming guests and uh, shows and series on there. And we're going to be talking UFC today. Uh, joining me to do so is former Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend. Just me and you tonight, Danny. Mr. Danny yes. Batten. How are you, my friend? Yeah, all good. All good. I uh, enjoyed the the weekend's UFC. It's, it's quite a good one. So good happy smiles all around. Yeah, these non uh, these no fan shows have been good. I got to say, we've been treated mm. to some very yeah interesting fights, exciting fights. It's been good, uh, especially because we I think we were both kind of apprehensive, weren't we, about what it was going to be like with no fans and no crowd. Sure. And, and uh, I think they've been real good. I think yeah, that very first show was a bit, we were a bit like, mm, not sure we're going to like this. But I think it's gone on. Yeah, I think good from that. when something's, you know, when it, I think change is always, you know, a, a bit of a worry, isn't it, for anyone? Uh, yeah. But something as big as having an audience or not having an audience, you know, that's quite a big one to to face up to. But um, it, it's great. It's some good positive spins. Um, okay, so you don't quite have a, the same atmosphere, but you do get a sense of personalization by feeling that like you're more so cage side, hearing all the, 
the blows going in, hearing the commentary uh, echo and, and hearing the cornerman so clear. And so, yeah, it's, it's had its benefits. 100%. I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, so just before we go into the, you know, the gist of it all and the, and the, the card, I'm going to talk about a couple of, uh, a couple of the bigger stories of uh, the last few days, the last week or so. Uh, been some interesting, uh, interesting stories and rumours and headlines. And uh, we'll start with the first one, the biggest one, I guess. Uh, there's some rumours that uh, Conor McGregor might fa- uh, might fancy fighting Manny Pacquiao uh, in a boxing fight. And um, so basically, uh, Conor McGregor tweeted in uh, he tweeted a word which uh, basically is uh, Tina Tangiap KO. Uh, which translated? Uh, where's, where's, um, where's Manny Pacquiao from? Uh, is he, uh, is he Mexican? Uh, is he not? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I got a feeling it's like Port Peru or something. Like that. Maybe yeah. I'll have a check now. Um, but anyway, it translates as "I accept," um, and I believe it's in, yeah, it's in Manny Pacquiao's. Basically, it's in his native tongue, uh, native tongue, um, which got the the rumor mill. Uh, what's the word? M- rumor mill, flying as it were. But I mm. think at the end of the day, you know, Conor McGregor, if nothing else, is very, very good at uh, getting those rumors flying. You know, he he knows what he's doing. He's very, very good at it. Yeah, yeah. He manages to always get the attention onto himself somehow, some way. And if it ain't in the MMA world, it's in the boxing world. Filipino. Yeah, fair play to him for I it. I not think what he was. Filipino, he is. Um, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, Manny Pacquiao's not what he was. Uh, and I don't think he's as good as what, like, a Floyd Mayweather is now. Um, yeah. You still I just, expect him to be too good for Conor McGregor in a boxing fight. Yeah. I, I, but, um, I think someone like Pacquiao is going to take it to Conor McGregor more. Um, I actually think it's a worse matchup for him in terms of boxing stylistically. Um, yeah, I've got to be honest. Will, will, will hunt him down. Yeah, yeah, I gotta be honest. I think um, I I look at it and I got, I haven't really got I got you know I'll watch it. I obviously watch it. I got just more interest. I'd much rather, especially after that Donald Cerrone fight. I would rather see Conor McGregor have some big fights in the UFC now. I'm not really mm-hmm. interested in seeing him go and yeah, do... me too. As a fan, Conor McGregor, you know, to me the boxing trick had been done once i don't think it would create as much attention a second time no. um and yeah it doesn't particularly it interest me as well wasn't it like yeah, him and floyd yeah. had been going of back course. and forth for years and there was a bit of history yeah there. i mean both from different they're, they're some of the biggest trash talkers of each perspective sports they, yeah. um and created obviously some some to big waves regards their abilities in each of their respective sports. I just wish they had mixed it up a little bit and maybe had done it with MMA gloves on or something like that. That's, that was my wish and hope for it, to make it a little bit more even. I mean, for yeah, someone to have their first pro fight against someone who's never lost. Yeah. It's just, but then it just was never a good idea. But Floyd Mayweather's not stupid, is he? You know, he, he was never going to give Conor McGregor any semblance of a chance in terms of no. you know doing it. Like, I know he said, oh, we'll do it in a... UFC cage and we'll, we'll have mixed rules at some point he mm. said that and it's like you know he's never going to do that because a couple of kicks from yeah. Conor McGregor and that'd be, be game over um, yeah 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 
yeah, like Dana White doesn't seem too interested in that second time round. I don't think the money's yeah. there that was there previously as well, especially after mm. COVID and stuff. Don't mm. think people are going to pay a hundred dollars for a pay per view. Um, yeah. One of the other biggest stories was uh, Khabib versus Gaethje announced for October. Uh, yeah, UFC exciting. Two five three. That's going to be a real interesting fight. But yeah. I think it's a brave fight by um, from the UFC's point of view, because make no mistake, like Khabib is Khabib, but there is there is a massive chance that Justin Gaethje could beat Khabib. Yeah. Um, and if he does, I think from a long term point of view, it hurts the UFC more because it takes away the Conor McGregor rematch. Or certainly with the title, um, mm. which I think, you know, that's the biggest fight they can possibly do in terms of pay-per-view buys and, and build-up and things like that. Um, and would it still get the same buzz without the title? Possibly. I mean, it still get buzz, yeah. but I don't know if it gets the same buzz if it's not Conor McGregor trying to get the title yeah, but, from him. I mean, personally, come on, what would excite you more? Seeing Conor McGregor against uh, Gaethje or uh, against Khabib? I would love to see him against someone like Gaethje, you know? Khabib, oh, there's if loads he of wins, I'd rather see Conor fight than yeah, Khabib, I've got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Khabib's going to do what Khabib does predominantly. If he's going to win, it's never going to be the most visual thing in the world. He's going to take you down, he's going to ground a pound you. He's not going to be pretty about it. Um, I just think there's, there's better viewing and better attention fights out there for someone like Connor. Um, uh, you know, so I, I just think, hey, look, you know, if Khabib loses and, and that's the end off and, and he goes on on his merry way and retires, um, I, I don't think it will harm the UFC. Um, there's too, too many good talents around in that weight division right now. Oh, um, what with, you know, that Chimev, is it? Am I pronouncing that right? What with him coming yeah. up through? Yeah, he's in, you know someone else with a very similar style that's now... You know, coming onto the scene, okay, not in that weight division, but you know, he's coming onto the scene that's going to captivate a lot of attention. And you know, he's creating his own mystique of invincibility, you know, even though it's very, very early doors. Um, so yeah, I don't think it'd be harmful too much. I think it's a, it's a great fight. Man. Who's your money on for that one? Where's your, Gaith- where's your I, money I, going I down? I fancy Gaith G, mate. I honestly, yeah, me idea. too. Yeah, I do. I just think Gaith G is insane. Like, the he's. He can do everything exceptionally well. Yeah. And yeah. I just think for, you know, for Khabib, I think is more rounded. Like with sure. Connor, you knew if, if Khabib got him down, yeah. it was going to be that fight. It was going to be Khabib's fight. Whereas with um, Gaethje, he'll happily go to the floor. So it's like... Mm. I yeah, and then, he's got the same he gets, advantage. I mean, he almost definitely will get Gaethje down, but to what expense in terms of energy and potential damage? And, and you know, is he going to keep? It, yeah, is he going to keep him down? I mean, Gaethje's pretty damn good at not only sprawling and avoiding the uh, takedown, but also getting straight back up. And you don't see him on the ground very long ever. No. So you know, it will be interesting. But then again, on the flip side of that, you know, if anyone's going to quieten down such a an aggressive fighter, it's going to be a Khabib. You know, if someone's going to flight oh, yeah. all of his potential advantages, you know, Khabib could be the one to do it. So it's going to be absolutely interesting. But yeah, I, I can't help but fall into the temptation to think Gaethje will find a way to 
end up hurting Khabib and, and stopping him? Because we actually haven't ever seen Khabib hurt. I mean, how is he going to react when he's hurt? You know, what's going to happen then? You know, is he going to be as effective once he's been yeah. stunned? Once he's received two leg kicks? Like, no. Yeah, so, you know, and I think that at some point in that bout, he's going to experience some kind of discomfort. And then what happens? What's going to happen to his cardio when he's feeling a bit of discomfort? What's going to happen to his cardio when things don't go his own way? Because he has had his own way pretty much all the way through his career. He's been that convincing, that dominant. So, yeah, it's going to be super, super interesting. It really is. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. Um, so, Khabib. Mm, yeah, I think I fancy I fancied Ferguson to be Khabib um, as well. I just I wasn't as confident with Ferguson as I am like with Gaethje. I just wonder. Yeah. If Khabib just, will able. You to, know, Ferguson to would have settled for his back, isn't it? You just know Ferguson yeah. would have gone to his back, but he would have been dangerous there. But you could also just see the rounds slip away one after the other because of his acceptance to be on the back. Um, whereas uh, someone like Gucci is just not going to be there. He's not going to want to stay there. You know, he, he'd be on his back looking to scramble back up. And as soon as he's up, he's going to be leg kicking, kneeing. And look how good his boxing was in that last bout. You know, he's going to bang and bang hard with everything that he's got. Yeah, so mm, super. Yeah. It's going to be excellent. Yeah, and uh, there was rumours, of course, but just before everyone sort of linked it to... Uh, Pacquiao. There was rumours that they were trying to set up McGregor versus Gaethje, mm. um, and then obviously they announced Gaethje versus uh, Khabib, mm. which makes you think, you know, maybe they will give, Con you know, maybe they will set up Conor versus the winner. Um, another little bit of news coming out of the UFC last night was uh, the Scottish lady uh, Calderwood. Uh, she collapsed backstage after the fight. Oh um, wow! Okay. So, which is kind of weird. She she took a bit of damage. Um, she didn't. I didn't think she took a great deal of damage. Um, uh, but she yeah. passed out after a loss to Jennifer Meyer. Um, mm. she lost to an armbar. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, it didn't go on very long at all. No, and you know, um, Joanne Cal Calderwood was the uh, quite heavy favourite. She was plus eight hundred. That's it. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I don't think that, I, I, it's American betting odds. So Calderwood was plus 800 and Jennifer Meyer was plus 140, but I'm not sure which way around it is. So she might not have been the favourite. I don't understand American betting odds. Uh, basically, her heart rate dropped and she was immediately taken to hospital soon after she had passed out mm -hmm. uh, after the end of the bout. Um, wow. Apparently, she's, you know, she's stable and she's... Yeah, uh, yeah conscious she's okay now she was getting checked out she fainted which is weird that she's not the only person to faint because one of the fights was called off because the fighter fainted uh just right at the start of the show um i know you watch the fights individually don't you but um yeah as they opened the show they went backstage to a reporter um and said that one of the fights was off i'll just pull up who that was um Sort of, he had fainted backstage. He was all right. Apparently, it was you know just nerves. Uh, so it was Giles versus Holland, which was actually uh, one of the fights I was looking forward to. Trayvon mm. Giles fainted just shortly before the fight versus Kevin Holland, and I was really mm. looking forward to seeing Kevin Holland fight. Ah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they called that off. I, they think it was just a bit of nerves and you know like that sort of thing rather than anything. You know, he was up and about straight after he wanted to fight and wanted to go ahead with it. But the doctors said, look, 
you know, they, they're not going to take the risk, are they? When a, nah, that's it. When you a fight is passed out before the fight. Nah. You just and I you know I, I I respect that you can't um, you can't knock them for for that attitude I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a pretty good card overall. Um, some interest, some good finishes, um, which was kind of quite interested, mm-hmm. uh, interesting. A couple of good fights. What were your overall thoughts of the of the? Yeah, yeah, uh, really fights? entertaining. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, the, the, the fight's pretty good. There's a couple of quick ones, which is okay to have into the mix as well because that means finishes, um, and finishes are all great. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed the card. I thought it was another good UFC. Uh, so, how is, uh, how's your holiday going, mate, anyway? Meant to ask you. Yeah, yeah, really good. Just uh, drinking way too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Danny's joining us from, uh, where is it, Czech Republic? Yeah, yeah, I'm at, right on the north, right by the border by Poland. So, yeah, get to... Enjoy a number of countries because we're like real close to crossing over. So oh, all sorts great. of places where we are. So how long have you got left? How long have you got left? I think going to come back around about sixteenth. Ah, just inside, just in time for Stepe and uh, Stepe and uh, Daniel Cormier. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, the kind of main event of the prelims: Frankie Sayans versus Jonathan Martinez. Uh, first round, mate. Take us through with your thoughts. Yeah, Sayans. Um, it, it was clear from the get-go that he wanted the takedown, and um, you know, it entered him really well on Martinez. Was trying the inside leg trips. Um, you know, it was looking like it was going to be good, but you know, a, quite an energetic style to to adopt against Martinez. Um, obviously, when you're chasing the takedown hard. Um, and you're playing that smother game. You've got to be fit, fit to do so. But I think one once, once Martinez knew that that was what Sayers was going to do, he started implementing not only good striking with his hands, but started implementing that teep and the knee, threat and the knee. And and it just looked ever increasingly dangerous for Sands to try to take Martinez down. He clearly couldn't strike with him for um, you know any set period. Um, so it started off well for for Sands. You know, in the initial onset of the, his clinch and takedown attempts, was unable to make anything of it. Um, Martinez started to look, um, you know, dangerous as the round progressed. Um, and so I started to look a little bit gassed for a first round. I mean, like I said, I know it takes a lot of energy to keep initiating that wrestle range and trying hard to not only not let your opponent escape and then trying to take him down and so on and so forth. And you've got the anxiety of the potential strikes coming at you. But um, to me, he started showing in his demeanour that, you know, he perhaps didn't have to cardio try and push that sort of style that he was needing to push on someone of Martinez's striking ability. Um, yeah, so, yeah, um, Martinez started to steal back that round, I felt, in that second half. Um, yeah, just towards me, the end of the round. Yeah, it started to look like, OK, I think I can see how this is going to go in the next round unless science could come with a different strategy. Um, he just lacked the tools because as we went into that second round, Cyan started to fail time and time again and was getting caught in the teep from Martinez was really good. It kept him on the outside. Um, Martinez striking just looks so dangerous. He looks such a predator in there. And Cyan was just looking more and more vulnerable as that round went on. Um, he's looking ever so uncomfortable. Um, I think it was in the second round, wasn't there? There was a timeout. I can't remember what it was for now. Was it for yeah. I think the park? I can't remember what it was. That, that it was. Um, you know, so it's, you know, he's needing any respite that he could to try to invigor attempt to try and take Martinez down again. But Martinez, once he knew what science wanted, 
he was having no part of it and he knew how to not only defend it but counter it and it was looking woefully dangerous and you know going into that third round Martinez just started t- taking over it just started looking like a matter of time and it and it was in the end you know as got knocked down he just tasted blood he was on him um really giving no space he was just tracking him down in a way where with his the way he was using that tp he was closing in on uh science but keeping him that away from that wrestling engagement um i was really impressed with martinez actually is uh a pretty dominant performance over those three rounds because, you know, science could be a difficult customer. When someone's looking to smother you like that, you've really got to have your strategy in place with your striking and your footwork. And I really liked what choices he made regards his uh, striking tool set to kept science away from him. Yeah, I thought he, his, his distance work was superb. He, he, yeah. um, he didn't go in close enough that science could do anything from the wrestling mm. point of view, but also didn't you know he wasn't too far out of reach he was still able yeah. to nail yeah a couple of nice head kicks and uh mm. body couple of those body kicks were brutal yeah that um, was really he was really looking predatorial in there he really was and i thought actually i thought science started that first round pretty well um yeah like the very first round he thought the first couple yeah. of minutes he did all right and then he, after that, it was all Martinez. Um, his work was great. I think it was the third round, maybe the second round. Um, Martinez caught Sions in the groin, and he he seemed to be going for like um like an axe kick or like a a teak kick to the body, and then just as he sort of went forward and went to move his leg to the side to complete the kick, he just kicked him straight in the balls. Um, which was brutal, but Cyan didn't look the same until after, once he came out for that second round, uh, from the second round, he just didn't look the same at all. Uh, yeah, Martinez just didn't look, uh, sorry, Sayans just didn't look the same coming out for that third round, and I saw quite a few fighters on social media saying he his team shouldn't have let him come out for that third round. Did you think he looked a bit shaky when he came out for that third round, mid? Yeah, so I thought Cyan's uh, started pretty well, and then he kind of just he, Martinez used his distance so well, um, and you know he hit a couple of head kicks. He hit the body kicks were brutal. Um, <clears throat> I saw a few people on social media saying that Cyan's team shouldn't have let him come out for the third round because he looked so shaky mm. and looked really um, just didn't look right, and uh, you know. Third round, he got kicked in the uh, in the watsits as um, Martinez went for like a I don't know what you call it, like a teak kick or an axe kick to the body. And as he came up, he just kicked him square in the plums, um, <laughs> which you know not ideal for him. Uh, he took a no. few minutes to recover, but straight after that, as he was advancing on Martinez, Martinez waited and waited and waited, and just as soon as he felt his back to the cage. He hit him with a beautiful knee straight yeah. to the door, and that was it. But there was a point yeah. earlier in the fight where I think Martinez got Science down, and he nailed him a couple of times. I think it was just after a head kick, and he kind of went from right. He hit him, and then he went to mount him, and he kind of stopped as if he thought the referee was going to stop it. Mm. The referee didn't stop it, and it was like, mm, he probably should have finished the fight there. But he, yeah. I think he thought, you know, come on, ref. Should we stop it? And the ref didn't. Yeah. 
I think there's so much attention around refs at the minute. I think even the fighters are not sure whether the refs are going to come in and stop them or not stop them. But you, as a fighter, you should just go. It's the ref's job. Just go and do it. You you just got to keep going. And um, although obviously fighters' healths are ultimately at risk, the nature of the sport is you're you're in there. The potentiality to get hurt is there. Um, You just keep going until the ref pulls you off. Um, And if you feel do feel you know safe to pause in the action to, for the safety of the opponent, which can happen, I guess. Uh, and then so be it. But yeah, in that situation, he should have just kept going. Yeah. You got to, you know, you just got to like, just got to crack on, finish yeah. the fight and then worry about the opponent's health afterwards, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. Next up, we had Lando Venata versus Bobby Green. What did mm. you make of this one, my friend? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really like watching both these guys fight. Um, so to see him battle it out again was both exciting, but I, I'm, I'm always going to feel sad for one that has to lose. Um, yeah, I mean, it just didn't disappoint. I know that both were very good strikers, um, and Bobby Green had a few things to say uh, about Lando. You know, saying about how he's surprised that he was, you know, even signed the contract because he felt he was that much better than him. But it was a closer fight than perhaps Bobby Green was thinking it was going to be. Because to me, it was still a close bout. But Bobby Green just just edging it. He looked slightly the bigger man. His boxing was just a teeny bit sharper than Lando. Lando looked like he had to work harder for anything that he was going to get with his successes. And and Bobby Green was just firing at those quick hands. And although it was very, very close, um, he was just, to me, slightly edging the striking. And, and of course, in that first round, um, he managed to get Lando down. Um, and, And that, to me, just fermented that first round. Um, with the second round, it had an interesting situation where Bobby Green was mixing up, although he was, to me, was edging the strike and he was mixing up the wrestling as well, as Lando did at times. Um, he managed to take Lando down with a, a bit of a clumsy sort of single leg. And I say clumsy only because Lando decided to try and turn it into a bit of a guillotine attempt. And it was all looking good at one point, but Bobby Green was superb. He went around the other side of the guard, which took the pressure off from that guillotine um, and managed to Floyd any attempts from Lando to get any successes from his back um, and back up to the feet they were um, and he fermented that round too and in that third round um, it was a game whenever it did engage on the ground you had Bobby Green on top and the striking was beginning to wear on Lando's face um, so you know to me Bobby Green won all three of those rounds although every round was close and every round Lando was absolutely in it he just seems to be just that little bit better everywhere. And um, a superb superb fight from Bobby Green. Um, yeah, really, really happy for him. Uh, can't wait to see him move up the ranks. Yeah, Bobby Green was very impressive. I um, I gave second round to Venata, um, but the first one and three I gave to Bobby Green. And I thought Bobby Green could have easily pinched the second round as well. It's not like I thought, you know, Venata was streets and streets ahead. I just thought he just maybe shaded it um but then when you take into account i don't know see Venata took it took green down um yeah it's still tough to score these rounds when they're as close as that green obviously took him down yeah, as yeah. well they were Venata really was close. looking for that guillotine choke yeah. as well so yeah i just kind of gave it shaded it slightly to mr Venata, but uh bobby green i thought looked really really good and uh, I'm excited to yeah. see what's next for him and see where he goes because it looked exciting. 
yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's definitely up there. He can definitely mix it with some of the big boys. Um, and I'm sure we're going to see that for the next matchup. I think he's going to be stepping up a little bit more. Yeah, 100%. Um, next up, we had uh, Vincent Luque, who's ranked number 11, uh, versus Randy Brown. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Vincent Luque won uh, in the second round, uh, four minutes, 56 of the second round uh, via a knee strike. Uh, what did you make of this one, mate? Yeah, Luque really, really impressed me. Um, you know, Randy Brown is very, very good um, and tall and rangy at that weight. Um, you know, initially on paper, I thought Luque was going to you know, have a tough night on his uh, hands, but the strategy he implemented was superb. We know Randy Brown's jab is essential for his strike building, and it could really be problematic with it. He both expresses really good cardio, really precise with it, um, and can become a real nightmare. But Luke targeted that leg from the get go, and boy, he just didn't let up on it, and um, and it really started to offset Randy's game. Um, and become problematic for him. Um, I think it was in the second round that he actually kicked him and he, he, he fell over to his back as well. So that leg was really giving him jip. Um, but that knee that, that led to the finish was just absolutely superb. Um, Luque is right back in there, right back in the mix. So I think he didn't he lose his last fight, Luque? I think we, we yeah, I think covered did, this. Yeah. I, I believe he lost his... Uh, I'm just trying to remember who he was fighting against. But it was a real war. Um, and Luque was impressing me up until... The fact that you know he ended up losing that fight, but he was fighting really well in that fight, from what I remember. But a, a, a perfect strategy for 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 this guy because that could have been a very very difficult night for him. But he stuck true to the plan that they clearly um, had for him, and it was working from the get go. And it was for Randy Brown to try and find a way around, and he couldn't. He, he I think by the time he could have thought of a way around the fact that he was having his shin hacked into. Um, it was becoming all too late. There was damage done to it, and it hindered him, all, you know, to right up until the end. Yeah. So he fought. Um, he fought Nico Price uh, on May the ninth, uh, twenty twenty. Uh, he won that by a technical knockout due to a doctor stoppage in round three. Oh, okay. Uh, I missed that one. I missed that one somehow. So you know, perhaps I didn't give that one coverage. He, he also he lost by unanimous decision to Wonder Boy Thompson on uh, November the second in uh, yeah, yeah, last yeah. year. So yeah, that's the one I remember. Yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's fought some big guys. You know, he's fought Mike Perry, uh, Neil Magny, Stephen Thompson. Fought some real yeah. big guys. And uh, uh, oh, sorry, he didn't fight Magny. Uh, Magny pulled out and he fought Krantz. But I mean, he beat Krantz. Uh, he beat Mike Perry. He lost to Wonderboy. You know, he's beaten some big guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. He beat Nico Price. Um, and I thought he looked pretty good in this. Um, yeah. Randy Brown, you know, by no means a mug. Uh, looked, no, no. Looked all right. He could, Randy Brown could be a nightmare for anybody. It, once he starts um, establishing himself with the striking, he's a real nightmare. He starts looking very, very convincing. He just couldn't get off on the right foot. And it was because of the strategy to hack in on that lead leg. I know we've seen this time and time again in bouts, but there's a time to do it and a time not to do it. And Luke, this was absolutely the right opponent to do it to. And um, it led to the victory as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so uh, the co-main event, Joanne Calderwood, Scottish lady, uh, been doing very, very well, very well uh, most recently. Uh, she faced, She's ranked number three. Uh, the favourite uh, faced number six ranked Jennifer Mayer. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Joanne Calderwood actually collapsed at the 
after the show, after the fight, after the show. Uh, she was taken to hospital, but she's in stable condition. Um, you know, I, th- I would imagine it was like a blood pressure issue, probably, uh, which is common within, you know, sports and mm-hmm. particularly fighting where there's weight cutting and things like this involved. Um, yeah, yeah. So hopefully she's um, she's fine, and hopefully she's going to come back because she's number she's ranked number three in the flyweights before this fight. Uh, she's really built a good reputation for herself in the UFC. Uh, kind of under the radar as well. Um, yeah. You know, we talk about the British stars and we want to really, you know, we want to get a British champion and maybe she could be the best bet, or at least I thought she was going to be. Um, last night did not go to plan for her uh, in many ways. Yeah, I mean, it was looking looking good. She was looking really solid with her striking. She caught Mia's kick and done a lovely leg trip to take her down. Um, but Mia caught her arm up in a little bit more of an unusual position than you normally see. Um, you know, she really caught up that right arm and was getting the feet on the hip and looking looking like she was trying to transition at some point to a triangle. Um, but you know, Calderwood was doing a good job of not allowing uh, herself to get caught that deep into the triangle. But clearly, Maya's really, really good off her back um, and she started swinging up for that arm bar. And, and all the time, it looked like Calderwood was going to get out. You know, I, I thought, oh, she's okay, she's okay. Even to a point where she got taken over to her back, it looked like she was going to run out. But she got reeled back in, and yeah, the finish happened. And um, I was a little surprised, but you can't take anything away from uh, Maya. I mean, she, she was working from her back. She wasn't trying to scramble up. She had confidence with her guard, and, and she looked like she was trying to be aggressive. She wasn't even looking to do reverse kind of pound. She, she was clearly confident in her hip switching out. Um, like I say, looking to try to get the hips up for that triangle, which wasn't quite there because um, Calderwood was really defending quite well. But she snaked her, her hips really lovely. Yeah, she, she, yeah. Sorry, yeah, mate, sorry, I was going to say, she invoked the, her namesake, Damien Meyer, uh, the yeah. way she was looking for those submissions. And it's interesting because she's, um, she's actually, she comes from boxing. She's a professional boxer uh, mm. before she moved into MMA. Um, so it's interesting that she's clearly confident and strong with the submissions over the striking yeah absolutely i mean um you know she potentially showing she could be the full package because uh you know striking is good uh striking is very very sound okay she got taken down but she didn't look to hunt to scramble up she was happy to be off her back and effective um you know in doing so um she kept control of one arm um, throughout, so therefore had control of any ground of power being put on herself. Um, you know, do, doing all the right type of things uh, to be an efficient grappler off the back. I'm not saying that that's where her go-to should be. Um, I definitely think that fighting off your back is a situation you have to deal with if you're put there and can't get up for whatever reason. But she showed confidence and she utterly proved herself there. You know, to go from one attack into another, go to show that she knew something that we didn't uh, about our grappling ability and that, that she, was, she was good enough to put someone away in the first round who's quite highly touted. So fair play to her. You know, she's, she's on the march upwards and um, could well be seeing a contender in the making here. Yeah, it's interesting uh, with Calderwood as well. She, um, she was 9-0 and coming into the UFC mm. uh, up to the ultimate fighter. Um, and then the first fight after the Ultimate Fighter, she lost. Then she won two. Then she lost Jessica Andrade and Cynthia Calvillo, both big names. 
then she won a couple, then she lost, then she won, then she lost. So she's she she's been very kind of up and down in the UFC, but she's worked yeah. her way up the rankings. She's ranked number three. I don't know if that says yeah. that the rankings are not strong because she has lost one, mm. two, three, four, five fights now in the UFC. Right. Um, but she's also, you know, she's won uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So she's like six and five, which is not a great record by any means. You know, it's not terrible. Yeah. There's much worse, you know, records out there. Um, sure. But it's not necessarily a record that I'm looking at and thinking, you know, she's the next big thing for the UK. Yeah, yeah. She, you know, she's ranked number three. She's, she, she struggled last night. I've got to be honest. She looked all right. She took it down. She looked pretty strong to there. Mm. Um, I didn't, knowing the little bit I knew about Maya before the fight and what I knew of Calderwood, um, which is a little bit more, I didn't understand why she went for the takedown. Like, um, Calderwood is an incredible kickboxer. Her kickboxing record is sensational. Uh, I think it's 19 and 2. Like, right. she was on a ridiculous streak of, I think, of 10 and 0, and, you know, something right. stupid. Um, she's an exceptional kickboxer. I didn't understand why she took her down, knowing that Maya Brazil comes, you know, she's Brazilian, she, she's renowned, or she's at least known that she's got a good submission game on her back. She doesn't mind being on her back. I thought it was a mistake to take her down. Um, and ultimately, she paid for it. But, you know, I, what do yeah. I know? No, no, you know what? You're, you're probably right in hindsight. Um, I think the camp will look back and be like, hey, you know, you could take someone down, but don't mean you have to go down with them. Yeah. Um, I, th- I just think the takedown was there because she caught the kick and it was just an instinctual reaction to kick her off her feet. But the mistake, which you know, I'm in agreement with down, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can score the takedown and stand over someone, kick their legs a little bit, try and make it score in terms of the judges and consume some of that round um, in terms of like a, a good 30 seconds to a minute, try and absorb that round where you're in a proactive, positive position. Again, for the judges, um, and to take away the remaining time left for your opponent to try to play catch up, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I absolutely agree. She perhaps should not have uh, gone down with her and relied on her emphatic striking. Uh, like I say, the other girl's got really, really sound striking too, but to me, Calderwood was more well rounded and she had that reach and range advantage as well, well which I think would have served say. her well. Like yeah, she, started, that was, she did some good, uh, she had a couple of you know, good kicking combos, some low kicks. Uh, um, mm. She was throwing some nice combos. Uh, she nice left hook as well. And then yeah. I was just thinking, yes, you know, Maya's got, you know, she's a great boxer. But mm. I felt Calderwood could have used her reach and her height advantage and her kickboxing background and probably won the fight comfortably that yeah. way by keeping yeah, the distance. I, uh, I, and I then agree. you never know if you get that KO with, a, with those kicks and the distance, but you know you're going to win the fight because you're going to, outpoint your opponent yeah yeah I, I i think her herself and the team have come away with a little lesson learned here um and i think they will be making the adjustments and i just think you'll see a more seasoned more mature more uh, experienced version of colderwood next time around um i don't think you'll be seeing her pull that kind of game plan off when it's not needed to 
yeah. when you've got a striking as good as she has. And we're going to see her back, and we're going to see her oh, rebuild yeah. herself without out a shadow of a doubt. And you're right, you know, the women's division is a little sparse. It's easy to climb up quite quick, quickly. Um, and we'll see her back up there, and I'm sure she'll be fighting uh, Mayo again in the future, and probably with a different result. I'd say it's all for her to win if she gets her game plan down to, to a tee. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like her record shows that she responds to loss quite well. I think she's only yeah. lost two in a row once, um, yeah. and they were to two big names as well. So I think mm. you know she can come back, and she's ranked third, you know, a couple of wins, and she's in the title picture at the end of the day. Um, yeah. So she just needs to, to, to you know, crack on, make sure she's uh, her plan is correct. Uh, so the main yeah. event was Derek Brunson versus who's uh, ranked number eight versus ranked number nine, Edmund Shabassian. Uh, you will hear me, Danny, for the first time criticize a fighter. I am not a fan of Edmund Shabassian. Uh, he was, um, he did a bit of coaching for Ronda Rousey and I think he, uh, he did more harm than good, shall we say to her, her camps yeah. and stuff. Um, if you watch back her fights, uh, when when he became involved later in her career with her striking, uh, I think he was a striking coach. I might be wrong. Yeah. Sorry, I believe but, um, she, I believe she, he was. Yeah, uh, her just went to pot, and I don't think it's a coincidence that she struggled in the latter part of her UFC career, and that's where the change happened. Um, yeah. I also was not happy. Uh, after just before the end of the fight, when he came out for that round, that final round, uh, yeah, the third round, he did not look like he wanted to be in there at all. No, he was. He looks exhausted. He looked tired. He looked. Yeah, not he fit. just looked. But not, he looked not, not fit like body language. Everything just looked like I'm done, and yeah. that that worries me in a fight when yeah. a fighter is like that. Because I think, in my opinion, having not you know, I'm not a coach. I'm not a fighter. Um, and I'm even a journalist, but that worries me because I think that's how people get hurt, like seriously hurt. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually completely agreeing. Mm-hmm. It's well observed by you there. Um, yeah, he he had his hands stretched on the top of the cage, um, and to me, that's not like looking like someone is wanting to engage in battle again. I, I think just it, it was something was amiss there. I think he was exhausted. I think he was hurting at this point, and I think the doubts really crept in. I think he felt some of Derek Brunson's uh, power and strength. I mean, the guy's strong and he's a bloody good wrestler. And he was becoming more and more effective as the bout was going on. Um, I think Edmund, uh, he, he had a reasonable first round. Um, yeah. He was able to scramble back to his feet. But that second round, you started to notice he looked fatigued. He still had a lot of uh, zap on his punches, still looked, you know, potentially dangerous. He was looking for the knee as well. But when he was looking for a knee, it was sometimes kind of, getting him to engage with Bronson's wrestling. And once Bronson began to smother him and started getting into what he was, what we consider his, his comfort zone, he was becoming more efficient. And Edmund just started to look more and more bedraggled. And going into that third round, you, you know, he just looked like he just didn't want to be there. It looked like the end was just waiting to happen. Um, the way he got taken down was you know, quite, quite weak as well. He, he, he was taken down with not anything too technical. He was just sort of like thrown to the ground and the way he fell down it was just so negative. Um, and, and then very, very quickly, the, the end ensued. Yeah, um, 
Derek Bronson, though, that's not taken away anything from him. He utterly looking impressive. Um, his striking looks a little awkward, but maybe that's because Edmund froze with some vigour um, and made him not feel so comfortable there. Um, so he looks a little uncomfortable on his feet at times. But when you've got a wrestling as good as he has, you know, hey, you can always uh, just keep shooting in. Um, and he really impresses me there. His ground was a little clumsy um, in that first round when he tried to take his back. He didn't engage one hook very, very well. And he allowed Edmund on, you know, he, he kind of like allowed him up a little bit too easily. So although he's got good wrestling, he's got good capabilities to take someone down on the ground, he can choose his, the way he does his jiu-jitsu um, to keep someone engaged in the ground scenario a little bit better than he did. But I'm sure we're going to see him keep evolving and keep improving. Um, I still think he's a potential prospect to be one of the top-ranked fighters in the world. Um, so I'm really happy for, for Derek Bronson. As for Edmund, yeah, I think he's been found out somewhat here. Um, yeah, I think you could possibly see his record. Self. I'm, I'm kind of curious to know whether he'll fight again because of his persona in that third round. Um, interesting. I so, don't know whether there's been a statement released by him at all, but kind of interesting what he's got to say for himself at the end of that one. Um, so a couple of things. First of all, I got I got him mixed up with someone else when I was referring to Ronda Rousey's striking coach. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, the 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 coach was Edmund Tavidian or Tavidian. Okay. So I apologise yeah, yeah, for yeah. that. That's uh, that's my bad. I got the two mixed uh, up because okay. they got similar names. Because he's only young, it, um, which is what made me think if I got that right. It didn't. He, he hasn't had any MMA fights, right? This other coach. From uh, no, no, I don't think so. Yeah, that's why I was kind of surprised. I thought, oh, okay, Crikey, this guy's gone under my radar and didn't realise. Yeah, no, that's my fault. because they got similar names, but. Um, Edmund Shabazian, um, look, he's um, he's well, 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 well uh, rated by people. Yeah, yeah, um, he was. The hype yeah. train is real, but Ronda is his manager. Um, mm. So whether that hype has been steered a little bit by, Possibly by so, that camp, yeah. I don't know. But I will say um, he's been very, very impressive up till last night. Um, yeah. Last night was not. Um, he has released a statement following his loss. Let's have a look what he said. Uh, he said, I'm okay, just need some stitches. Thank you for all the messages. Congrats to Derek Brunson. He did a great job. No excuses. It's the fight game. I'll be back. Blessed. Mm. So, mm. okay. Mm. Yeah. It's just yeah. a weird one, wasn't it? It was a weird one, but the, 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 I think the parts where he began to break uh, Edmund's wheel was from those wrestling exchanges when, uh, and this is what impressed me about Derek, was when he chose to let go of the takedown attempt when it wasn't quite there. He would let go and go into a really harsh flurry of punches. So I think outwardly, Edmund was looking better than Derek Bronson. John Bronson didn't look too comfortable. But off the break from a wrestling exchange, um, Derek Bronson looked quite dangerous. And um, I think this is part of what took away the energy levels and, and created the anxiety of Edmund's um, game that started to make him tire and look fatigued and, and then look really, really fragile in uh, wrestling and grappling exchanges. But it, it, to me, it was when he was on the fence being struck that he's striking wasn't looking so effective. He's clearly an outward striker and not such a comfortable inward fighter. And when I say inward, I don't mean in the pocket out in the open. I mean inward as in being pushed with your back up against the fence. Um, you know, he, he, he was almost looking away and looking down to one side, which is not the correct thing to do when someone's attacking you, taking you no. with strikes when your back's against the fence. This is just not the right thing. And this is why he's getting his back taken because he was showing the back panel of his back by putting his head down to one angle. And Bronson was just, he just he's giving the 
the back take from the feet, which is why he's throwing him down. And he looked like a little boy on the ground. He really did. It just looked like the dad had the 13-year-old teenager son on the floor giving him a good old dig. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He just looked so exhausted when he was trying to go to that turtle position. It just didn't look good for him. No. No, I think, you know, it could be, could be something like he um, wasn't as fit as normal because of the restrictions with lockdown and things like this. Possibly. Um, he's looked impressive up until last night. But uh, yeah. you know, Derek, Derek Brunson's a big dude. He's a very, very experienced fighter as mm. well. Um, yeah, yeah, did yeah. his job well, finished the fight well. Um, yeah, pretty good. I enjoyed the show overall. Um, and uh, just finally, to finish off, we uh, last week we discussed about Dan Hardy confronting Herb Dean after yes. uh, Jai Herbert's fight. Uh, Dana White has uh, commented briefly on that, and he's just basically ah. said, uh, "If you work for me and you approach a judge or a referee or any type of official, I will fire you. I will. You will lose your job, and you will never work for me again if you do that." Um, so I think that's laying down the law. Um, and in fairness uh, to Dana White, he's got a history of. There's been two fighters, I believe, who've like shoved referees after mm. fights and they were fired straight away. And one of them was quite a big, uh, you know, he was on a bit of a hot streak. Uh, what was his mm. name? Oh, I forget his name. But it is what it is, I suppose. Like, I understand Dan Hardy being a bit hot. Yeah. But uh, Jason High was the one, uh, what the sort of, he shoved the referee after uh, 2014, I think it was. Um right. Just after a fight, he was frustrated. He was suspended for 12 months by the governing bodies, but UFC fired him. Um, yeah. Is or is. You know, you can't do yeah. it. And, um, and what this tell you, I mean, uh, you know, the, the referees are there at the end of the day trying to do their job the best they can. They don't always get it right. <laughs> One thing you can't, can't go doing is pushing and shoveling and shoving. And, okay, yeah. so Don Hardy was a bit vocal, um, but um, Herb Dean did say that there's only two people in position to say anything to him while he's in there, um, which you know, was news to me because I didn't know how it worked in the ins and outs. So it's quite quite good to get some added information on how things work for uh, referees. Um, I think he defended his point and his opinion quite well. Um, yeah, I think Dan Hardy should have perhaps approached it a little differently and maybe done it through tweets afterwards you know, to create a discussion. I think, look, when you want to make changes or you don't agree with something, it's all done through discussion. Um, and it can be done gentlemanly, but to to flip your lid there and then at the moment perhaps wasn't the most correct way of yeah. approaching it. Um, I hope that they don't sack Dan Hardy though, because I think he's no, one of the best he is. commentators there. He's um, and it's really surprised me because I knew of him, knew of him as a fighter on the circuit, and I always knew him like to just be fighter mentality. And I, I don't mean to like say that fighters are not intelligent or anything like that, but I was really surprised how well he come over on a mic and how well he breaks down fights. The guys. You know, clearly exceptional. Yeah, um, and like I say, one of the best out there. He totally made my eyes, right, you know, eyebrows rise when I started hearing him. I was like, wow, you know, I didn't expect that from him. Um, yeah, I wish so, the yeah. I wish the UFC would use him more, like they use yeah. Bispin, um, because I think he's very, very good. Yeah, yeah, um, um, Bispin also good, but Dan yeah. does impress me. He he's he comes across very, very well every time. Yes, both guys on my list to try and get on the podcast and the channel, actually, because I'd love to speak mm. to both guys. Um, yeah. And then finally, um, 
Dana White has also criticised the referee of the main event, uh, which we just talked about, Brunson and Shabossian, uh, because he felt that uh, Edmund Shabossian went briefly unconscious at the end of the second oh. round when the buzzer went. Oh, really? And he got caught by the elbow. Uh, he thought ah. that the doctor should have stopped it. But ah. I think uh, what Edmund Shabossian's corner did quite well is they got him in the corner quick, they sat him up, you know, they iced him down and did all that. And they did it all. They did their bit before the doctor spoke to him. Right. Uh, okay. And I think really the doctor probably should have spoken to him. And then they did their kind of sure. bits, which, you know, is clever. You got uh, but, 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 but again, look, you know, in between rounds, you've got one minute to act. And, yeah, and you've got to just get done. down, aren't you? You know, you're never going to have a perfect judgment on what's going, what's going on. I mean, you could do, do the best as you can. Okay, so the cornerman, they, they, they got him set up and they got him all coherent and then the doctor come in. Uh, so in hindsight, yeah, okay, if the doctor went in first, this is all, so all too easy to say after the event, but that's one minute to sort things out. I mean, uh, trust me, being in the corner could be quite stressful. And, and in fact, you might notice that I don't go in the cage yeah. um, anymore. I used to, but I don't anymore. I find it, I find I get caught up in the anxiety and the stress of the situation too much too. Whereas when I sit outside, I find I feel like it's watching it from a screen. I feel detached yeah. more emotionally. Of course, I'm emotionally invested because my students are my friends and I want the best for them and so on and so forth. But when I step, step foot in a cage and I go in there and I'm in the environment of the cage and I'm seeing them face to face, I'm close. I can smell the blood on their breath and I find yeah. I get too caught up and then I'm not so strategical. So, um, yeah, like I say, the get, one get minute flashbacks, flashbacks, when, didn't you? To when, yeah, when you yeah, to fight. absolutely. Um, and when a fight has really had a real tough round, man, that's stressful in that corner. Yeah. You're, you're, you're trying to turn them around from feeling, you know, negative and things are falling apart, trying to pep them up to stay positive, trying to tell them some home truths to try to steer the fight in the right direction. Man, it's mayhem in the corner sometimes. Don't get me wrong. You get your smooth corner in times as well, but um, not always. You've got to get as much... Dern Avenue in a minute. Um, Jennifer Meyer is having a flyweight title shot versus Valentina Shevchenko. Which, um, that'll be an interesting one. Absolutely. Yeah, that will be interesting. Uh, what else we got? Jennifer, uh, Joanne Calderwood has issued a statement just saying she's all right. Bad night at the office. Uh, um, what else we got? Do, 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 do. Don't think there's anything else on there. Let's see if there's anything which sticks out. No, nothing. Uh, nothing too good. Uh, so yeah, next week is I can't remember what I said. Uh, oh, who did I We've say? We've got some was? good ones coming up. We got yeah, some good so ones got coming up. DC and um, uh, Stipe is uh, little two weeks yesterday or two weeks time it's on August sixteenth, uh, August fifteenth for us in the UK. Um, next week is Derek Lewis. Versus Ilonyanek, which would be a that'll be a good one. Yeah, Derek yeah. Lewis is always always entertaining. Uh, uh, he's gonna he's just gonna throw down every single time, isn't he? Yeah, let's have a look. Chris Weidman's also on the card. Uh, Darren Stewart. Yeah, I'm like Chris Weidman. I'm kind of curious because he's had a real bad run of late. Um, you know, when you think of of his time when he beat Anderson Silva twice. Yeah. He was flying higher than highest height right at the time. Um, and he kind of really crashed and burned recently. Uh, but I'd really rate his skill set. Um, 
he can't say that he gets unlucky in bouts, but he's always doing so well, and then something just happens in the bout and it falls apart very very quickly for him. Um, yeah, it's kind of. I, I think he could have one more one more good run if he can just pick up momentum. So I'm really hopeful and really curious to see how he's going to be performing. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a couple of other fighters. Ben Benil Derush is on the the main card as well. I'm looking forward to him. Darren Stewart yeah. also two good fighters, which are yeah. looking forward to their fights. And there was someone on the prelims who I quite like watching. Tim Means uh, is oh yes, Star Poly, which I, I, I really, him. really yeah, and uh, Andrew Sanchez as well. So there's some good good stuff. Gavin Tucker as well. Oh, I didn't didn't. Couple of good prelim fights on there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Maybe we can take those ones in as well. Get yeah, a chance. Excellent. Um, okay, Danny, th- thank you, mate, for joining me. I appreciate also that you're you know you're on holiday and uh, yeah, you're yeah, still yeah. finding time for us. I will piece yeah, us absolutely. together as we've darted from Zoom from Streamyards yeah. and uh, oh yeah, yeah. Piece, I mean, piece I'm sure together. you'll you'll paste it in to make it look like it went smooth, but it's been really difficult tonight. The, the Wi-Fi connection, we we. Um, the kind of location I'm in, we're up in the mountains and um, we get some stormy weather when the, the weather's been hot. Sometimes you get some storms come over and it just hammers the Wi-Fi. So, yeah, me, me and you have had a hectic of an evening. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's, all, it's always fun, mate. Always good. I appreciate your time as ever. Uh, guys, subscribe. YouTube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation. The Danny Batten Fight Show every single Wednesday drops and we do the occasional live show as well. Uh, and if the UFC do some midweek shows, we do a couple of live shows in the same week. Um, but we've always got always got uh, new guests and analysts popping up to uh, give us some different voices. And uh, of course, you could send your questions in as ever to the social media links in the description. Spread the word, the Danny Batten Fight Show, and uh, of course, check out Away Day Apparel. You can uh, get ten percent off by using the the code AA Podcast Nation, and you can find all their latest offers at www.awaydayapparel.co.uk and also find them on Twitter at awaydayapparel and uh, Instagram at awayday underscore apparel. And they got some great stuff, some big things happening with them. And uh, yeah, check out them because we, we thank them for sponsoring the Danny Batten Fight Show as always. And uh, Danny, it's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, likewise, we will sir. see you next Wednesday, people. Podcast Network.